But I'm specifically interested in breath as a Christian. I bring this up because there have been several times this week that I have been overcome by fear and rage, which I've started to call frage. Fear and rage, when combined, are like a speedball of emotion. Together, they cause my chest to tighten and my cortisol levels to rise. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that this week, I really could have used a 24-year-old girl from Iowa reminding me to breathe. Because I could really use some comfort or calming right now, or at least a way to regulate my nervous system which is all just a long way of admitting to you, I chose that weird gospel reading we just heard. Um, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth distress among nations, and people will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. Now, I'm usually a lectionary preacher. 99% of the time, I choose to preach from whatever text is assigned for that week. But all I could think about is if there was ever a time for a good apocalypse, maybe it would be now. (laughs) Ironically, when apocalyptic texts are assigned in the lectionary during less stressful times, I tend to groan out loud, like how in the world could I possibly preach this bonkers stuff? But this week, this week, I had no idea how I could possibly preach anything else. Now, if you're someone who hears these kinds of apocalyptic messages as terrifying, you're not alone. But they were originally written to have the opposite effect. They were literally written to bring comfort and calm to those living in tumultuous times, to help them regulate their own nervous systems, so to speak. And friends, I chose this particular apocalypse. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, not just because we're living in some apocalyptic times, but because of the way breath shows up in that verse. Ever since beginning a yoga practice, my ears prick up anytime I read about breath in the Bible. Like how in Genesis, God breathed into dust to create human beings, how It is from God's own breath the first earthlings were given life. And how the prophet Ezekiel had a vision of a valley of dried bones. And what did God give him? He gave him breath to breathe upon the bones so that they could come together and dance. Breath equals life. And how when Jesus died on the cross, it was when he breathed his final breath that the text tells us he gave up his spirit. And how when the resurrected Christ appeared before his friends who had locked themselves inside a room out of fear, he said, peace be with you. And then he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So in our text for today, when it says people will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, I want you to know two things. One, this is an exact description of how I feel right now. And two, the word that is translated here, faint, in Greek, 
literally means breathing life out. We are a people who will breathe life out of ourselves from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. We are a people who can forget to breathe. And if breath is life, then in many ways, fear is death. But honestly, I'm afraid of so many things. I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid that I might get sick or the people I love might get sick. I'm afraid of what this political climate might mean for our country, specifically for my black friends and my gay son and my young adult daughter. I am afraid of active shooter situations. I'm afraid of not being in control of my own body through incapacitation or through coercion. I'm afraid of my children making quick choices that might have lasting implications. And strangely, I'm also afraid of stepping on spiders because um, I'm afraid they ha may have like this secret way of communicating with all the other spiders around and then they will all know I'm a spider killer and they will all come for me when I least suspect it. But if I go through my, that fear list again, I can see that not one of those things are happening right now. So I invite you to consider, what are you afraid of? I mean, like, what are you really afraid of? And to think, is any of that happening right now, in this moment? Whatever you fear, I want to give you this apocalyptic message. Whatever your fears are, they may be real, but they are not the most real thing. Not for nothing, but Jesus said, do not be afraid, do not worry about what the future holds, do not miss out on what is most real, stay awake, like basically all the time. But why would he make such a point of saying this all the time? Well, maybe Jesus isn't trying to get us to add alertness and not being afraid to our spiritual to-do list. I think... He's inviting us into what we now call mindfulness, inviting us to be present to our breath. He's inviting us into present moment presence, not because he wants to make us spiritual and good, but because he wants to be with us. And God is always closest to us in the present moment. Maybe God gave us breath the breath of life so that we might experience this life with God. When Moses asked God's name, he wasn't given a name name. He was given Yahweh, which some say is not a name. It's a sound, the sound of breath itself. It is God saying, who I am is the one who gives breath. Inhale, Yah, exhale, way which, stay with me here, strangely makes me think about gaseous oxygen. <laughs> gaseous oxygen, that magic thing that allows for life here on Earth and yet is so rare in the universe. I wonder if, I know this is weird, but I wonder if in that moment of creation, 
When God breathed into dust and gave humans a living soul, if that was oxygen itself, could it be that oxygen is the breath of God given in the moment of creation that we still take into our lungs in every moment of our life? It has been with us and sustained us since creation. And if so, I'm in awe of how it only exists in this particular form here on this tiny blue planet. We live in an unfathomably vast universe and the only place we know where breath is even possible is here. Inhale, yeah. Exhale, way. If it's true that the only life that exists in a universe billions of light years across is on this tiny dust mite of a planet, then yes, there is still so much to fear. But let us not hold our breath and miss how unspeakably beautiful and magnificent it is that against all odds in the universe, we get to breathe air and think thoughts and love people and walk in parks and hold babies and eat pizza and be bad at yoga. <laughs> Which brings me back to apocalyptic texts. With, with all the freaky imagery, with all the wars and rumors of wars and destruction and portents in the sky and seven-headed beasts and whatnot, apocalyptic literature was really just a coded way of saying to people in crisis that none of this is new. That like most of your fears, wars and tyrants and disasters and insurrections are real, but they are not the most real thing. I chose this text today because apocalyptic texts are meant to offer comfort and calm within a big hope-filled message that dominant powers are not ultimate powers. Pandemics rage, human violence erupts, powerful people exert dominance, and this has all happened before, and God is still around. God is still as close to us as our very next breath. Empires fall, tyrants fade, crises come and go, and the God who created us is still around, as close to us as our very next breath. Apocalyptic texts offer us a living, breathing faith in the midst of absolute dumpster fires. But just to be clear, I, I may still very well get sick or my young adult children might screw up in a way that forever changes their lives. Things may very well continue to get worse, especially for those who have the least amount of power. So faith doesn't mean that bad things we fear won't happen in the future. Faith just means that in the midst of all of it, we have access to what I'm now calling spiritual microscopes and spiritual telescopes. Even in the midst of turmoil, when, we, when the fear and foreboding of what may come starts to shorten our breath, we can look through the aperture of faith for the smallest things showing up as the presence of God in this moment and with this breath. 
We get to slow down and see a hundred tiny beautiful gifts in every moment. Things like the particular green of those leaves right now and the sound of babies and the taste of bread and wine. And when fear and foreboding of what may come starts to shorten our breath, we also get to glimpse at what is so much bigger. We can look at the goodness of God and the stories of our ancestors and the faith who endured and prevailed. Through this telescopic lens, we get to see that we are a very small part of a very big story. And you can return over and over as many times as you need to the knowledge that God is already present in the future you are worried about, and none of the things you fear about it are as real as this moment. So no need to miss what is most real. This moment right now, as you sit there and I stand here, this is all we have the air we're breathing now, the room we're in right now, the people we are with right now. Here, Christ is among us bringing peace. He is still breathing on us and saying, receive the Holy Spirit. Let not fear and foreboding keep us from drinking that in. Inhale, yah. Exhale way. Amen.